like I didn't even think of it as super embarrassing because nobody else knew what was going on other than like my closest friends. This is Unmasked. All right. And we are rolling. Hello. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. So, who are you? Um, well, I can give you my little elevator speech, which I learned in college when I went to the University of Arizona for business. That's it. Grew up in Kansas, and my entire childhood, I was really into acting and theater, and threw myself into that. And then when I graduated, I was like, "Well, I need to make money." <laughs> <laughs> Listened to my parents, and kind of got a job in accounting and management information systems. Went to the University of Arizona for those two. Um, now I work in IT audit. But then when the pandemic hit, I kind of thought. Why did I listen yeah. to that? Like, why couldn't I be that right. 3% that makes it? And so I decided to just go for it. And so I did. Now I'm pursuing acting and writing and producing with my production company, Zipsy Productions. And yeah. Wow. Okay. So I'm guessing then the, the finance and the IT and accounting and stuff, that's not a passion. That's just something that your parents wanted you to get into then? Kind of. When I went to college, I, I went to college mostly because I wanted a college experience. I always heard things like, mm. oh, college is what you have to do. Right. You have to have this college experience to kind of fulfill your life in a way. Yeah. And so my mindset was if I'm going to college, I need to go to college and do something that's worthwhile that you need to go to college for. And I was going to business school and accounting and management information systems are just so such technical degrees where you do need a degree behind them to do them, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean you necessarily have to do that. You can become an accounting major and then manage a company right. or start your own company. But I did end up going into <laughs> uh, a more IT audit sector, and I love the company I currently work for. Mm -hmm. They are amazing, amazing company culture, some of the best people I've ever worked with. That's awesome. But... It, the job itself is just not what I want to do. Right. You know? Day to day, it's not what drives me. It's not what I dream about. It's it's good work, but it's just not that. Yeah. And so, I don't know, acting just, it's one of those things where when I was three, I was putting on performances for my family. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> and I was doing stuff like that, and that's just always what driven me. I've always been that type of person where I just wanted to act. And so... Mm. I always think, like, why did I give that up for a little bit? It was four years, but I did. Yeah. And I kind of regret it, but then I also don't regret it because I learned many valuable lessons about life and things like that. And now I just came back even stronger than I was before, deciding not to listen to anybody. That's awesome. <laughs> so were your parents supportive of the acting thing, or were they more pushing, like, I mean, that's, that's cute and all, but you need to go and have a realistic quote-unquote realistic lifestyle yeah um they they're sometimes supportive my mom she's pretty supportive of just living your dream my dad is also supportive but he he's from that generation 
where you live a very practical life. Yeah. You work with the company for your entire life until you get your pension <laughs> and leave. And he did that. that life. And I just, I saw him go through it. And I don't think he was happy. And even now, he thinks about things or talks about things that he likes to do. And you can see him light up, but then he talks about work and he, you're not lighting up. And yeah. For me, it's like you work majority of your life. Oh, 100%. So you might as well do something you love. Yeah. Do you see a lot of, like, regret from him from not pursuing what he actually wanted to pursue and then seeing you kind of trying to do that? Like, do you see maybe a little bit of envy from him or is it a lot more of, like, he tries to shut out and try to be like, you know what, no, I'm a provider, I'm a father. My dreams and stuff don't matter. It's her or, like, does he yeah. try to live through you, do you feel? Um, I wouldn't say he shuts it out. He definitely is always saying that he's my biggest supporter, which is a beautiful thing. But yeah. he also, whenever I talk about acting things, I'm moving to L.A. in January. When I mentioned that, he was oh, like, wow. don't quit your day job. Yeah. Like, don't ever do that. And I was like, but if an opportunity comes around where I quit my day job, it's because it's worth it. Right. It's because I'm, I'm doing it. And I think it's worth it. And he still thinks that. I need that practical fall down and that this is more of a hobby for me. I don't think it's gotten hmm. to him that this is like what it's I'm a full doing. on career. Yeah. So are you going when you move, are you going to just be going to the deep end with acting or are you transferring and doing your day job there as well? Or how's that transition going? I'm transferring. The great thing about accounting is you can be very flexible with mm -hmm. a lot of different companies. And so they are extremely flexible with I have an audition next week or I'm filming next week and I can't work hmm. and I have to get a day off. Really? Yeah. I wouldn't think accounting would be like one of those flexible type of careers. It became more flexible because of the pandemic. Oh. So okay. now we work online. So that it's just sense. if I make up the hours, doesn't matter. Yeah. Which is really nice. Interesting. Okay. But I am hoping to go part-time eventually and then just completely leave one day <laughs> yeah but okay sometimes you do need that that paycheck to oh 100 percent. yeah i feel like that that needing that kind of safety net or needing that paycheck is definitely a big thing that stops people from pursuing that like it that was the scariest thing in the world when i made the jump because i was working in finance for four years myself yeah and that jump of like for those four years, I had a consistent bi-weekly paycheck that I knew exactly how much I was getting because I never worked more than the same amount of hours. So I was like, I get exactly this much every paycheck. I can mm -hmm. budget. It was like that kind of safety net of, I know how much I'm getting so I can budget it out and I can do this versus like now, I have no idea how much I'm gonna be getting yeah. in a given week. I could be getting a bunch or I could be getting just enough to pay bills and maybe fill my gas tank up once or something and a lot of people don't want the uncomfortability of going through that but then on the flip side the amount of people I've seen that have been in those careers and because of something like the pandemic or because of just something in the world happening they get laid off and it's like is that really a stable job is that really like I've seen some of those loyal people that have mm -hmm. been with the company 20 30 40 years and just because they're upper management made a stupid decision on a contract or economics a bad economy happens 
they have to let everyone go. And it's like, I've given 30 years of my life to you guys. What do, yeah. I, what do, what do you expect me to do now? Yeah. I have to go back to an entry level type of thing. And for me, it's like those two things really combat each other and really kind of battle each other. Yeah, I totally agree. Like my dad went through his entire life working for one company and they were so close to laying him off two or three years before retirement. Really? And they didn't do it because he had a disability at that time and they needed to keep around a percentage of people that had a disability. And that's sad. But they laid off all of his friends. That is, I'm sorry, but that is disgusting. Yeah. The fact that, like, they don't care about him and his family. They care more about the statistics for their company. And it's like, well, up to regulation, we have to keep X amount of white people, X amount of black people, X amount of disabled people, X amount of this. Like, that's cool that we're helping support your family, but we don't really give a shit about that. Yeah. No, they care more about checking boxes than who the actual people is. I know. And it bothers me because it's like you give your entire life to a company, mm-hmm. which is why it's nice to work for yourself. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's stressful and yeah. it turns you a different mentality. Like the disciplines that you have to have are so much more different when you do work for yourself. Mm-hmm. It's you don't have a boss that you wake up. And, oh, shit. I'm 30 minutes late to work. I'm going to get fired. It's well, let's see what I can accomplish today. Or it's. You, you only have yourself to be accountable for for the paycheck that you get. If you're not making enough, then it's like, okay, well, you can't be like, oh, well, it's my boss's fault for not giving me enough hours or it's his fault for not giving me the raise that I wanted, you know? It's because you didn't do enough work. You yeah. didn't get enough clients. You didn't get, you didn't do enough marketing. And so it's that a lot more self, it's, it has, it's really good and it has its bads. Yeah. But you have to have that drive. Exactly. And it's hard to have that drive if you're not doing something you love. But I feel like if you truly love something, that drive comes to you naturally. Oh, 100%. So what is sparking this move to L.A.? Everyone I've talked to is like, you should just stay in Arizona. The industry's growing in Arizona. And I agree 100%. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people I've talked to even in Atlanta or in New Mexico where they're now filming a lot, they'll hire a lot of the lead actors out of LA and Hmm. fly them in. And I mean, it's kind of sad that they do that because there's so much talent in each of those locations, but I, I can't wait for Phoenix to become this hotspot film area and then maybe get a secondary role then maybe that jump lot like launches my career somewhere else. I'm only young once, right. and I need to just throw myself hundred percent into it. Just go for it and see what happens. So, is this kind of a blind thing, or do you have kind of stuff set up there? Do you have like somebody to stay with, or is it kind of more of just you're just gonna take a chance and just go for it? I do not have someone to stay with. I have a couple friends that are in LA and a couple connections in LA. Okay. But it is kind of a blind thing. I'm just going for it. And I know that's pretty fun, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, are you worried about like all the competition? Because obviously LA yeah. is the biggest hotspot for our actors, it has been for decades. Are you worried about like the competition and how saturated the field is and just all that? I mean, 
who wouldn't be worried? It, yeah. There's a ton of really, really talented people that move to LA every single year and right. leave LA every single year because it's it's a large market. But I don't know. I don't think it's competition. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's more, we're all very talented individuals. And it's more of, can you find what you can do yourself? Like you. Yeah. You're doing a podcast, right? Right. If you're not busy getting auditions because you're up for this major role with a thousand other people, right. give your best performance, do what you can do, walk out of there, say, I just got this amazing experience. Right. But then be like, who cares what happens? You know, I just I auditioned for a major movie role or a major TV show. Like that's just an accomplishment on its own. Yeah. And then go back and write your own stuff. If you mm. want to be in something, do your own thing. Get some friends together and make something. And then that way you know that you're always going to have work, even though it's not going to be the work that you think that you're going to get. Yeah. And I think if you just do that long enough or stay in LA long enough and make those connections with people and just go to enough auditions, eventually someone will notice, wow, this person's been consistently really good yeah or you will find your niche on what you're good at maybe it's not acting like maybe writing is my true place where i'm supposed to be or producing is my true place where i'm supposed to be or who even knows where where life's going to take me but it's just you have to keep an open mind so no it's not competition it's, <laughs> it's like it's like a friendly networking okay is the way i see it yeah no i get that I feel like it's definitely 100% based on your kind of outlook on it because mm -hmm. if you go there and if you make a jump like that, whether it's in acting, whether it's in music, whether it's in any type of industry and you're automatically going like, I'm going to give myself one year to become the next Ryan Reynolds, you're setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. And like, it's good to have goals. It's good to have that drive and stuff, but there's literally... 5% of actors in America make over $25,000 a year. Yeah. That's the statistic right now. Yeah. Do not get into acting if you're getting into acting for money. No. That is absolutely a big not. thing. You do not do that. Well, and <laughs> the amount of actors that I've seen, even in places like LA, that they have to be in the industry for over 10 years before they run their first good role. Yeah. They, and it's not those people that, are like, oh, I kind of took a break for a couple of years and I went back. Like, those are still the people that consistently, like, auditioning every single week, getting new agents, mm -hmm. getting this, getting that. But it takes that decade of trying to chase it until like Denzel Washington. He didn't yeah. get his first big production until he was in his 40s almost yeah. or 50s. And like Dak Shepard, it took him 10 years of being in the business before he was able to actually land that first big production. And so it's, I really think it, you have to treat it kind of as more of a hobby rather than just a career because mm -hmm. if you chase it as that career of like money and support and all that it's going to lead you down to failure it's yeah. going to be like oh well I didn't get this and it's you could go like I think it was uh, Jenna Ortega before yeah. she got her big roles in you and Scream and all those kinds of things there was two years between when she finished Disney Channel versus when she started the bigger productions and she thought about quitting for those two years because it's not normal to be rejected for years on end for the same job and continue going 
Yeah. But then it's the persistence and stuff. And that's a part I feel like a lot of people, like uh, that filters out a lot of actors because a lot of them like, oh, I haven't gotten work for six months. Is this the right field for me? Should I try something more practical? They start listening to the family. Family starts saying, what Get are you doing? Get a real job. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Why are you're not making any money? You're still working this dead end job. Like, it's cute that you want to be an actor and all, but is this really practical? Is this really something? And it's, but I don't know. I feel like it's definitely a lot more of like older generations and more of just like, depends on your personality too. Some people are just a lot more secure and they're like, I'll just do this for a side job and see what happens, but I want this mm-hmm. versus just like, you know what? I'm going to take life by the balls and try to see if it'll happen, you know? Yeah. So, I, I mean, I admire it, though. Like, I would love to make that jump. It's just, for me, personally, I have kind of like a half-and-half half personality with that. There's half the personality. It's like, oh, fuck it. Let's do it. Let's yeah. just go. Let's take the jump. Let's let's do it. The other half is like, the cost of living in L.A. It's is insane. like the second highest in the nation. And... It's, I don't know, like, taxes there are even higher. Like, everything there is that much higher and stuff. And it's like, I can barely make that living here in Phoenix. And, yes, it is obviously a pretty high cost of living here. But it's still a fraction of what California is. Yeah. And it's stuff like that that terrifies me. So how does that not terrify you? Well, part of it is having this amazing job that gives me the flexibility. I I am so thankful for it every single day that... They're, and they support me in mm. acting and everything, which is also an amazing thing. So that helps a lot knowing that I kind of have that security there and mm. I have the people backing me on that end. Um, it is scary. I know a lot of people, I don't know if you ever look like a large percentage of actors have a lot of money already going into it. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and I'm definitely not on that same boat and I've noticed it over and over and time and time again headshots are like so expensive and then oh you my try. God. just the barrier to entry into this industry is so insane oh it is absolutely like you can't it is I feel like it's so much more difficult when it's somebody that has to have a day job that has to be supporting themselves like yeah it does take them longer but I also see a lot more of resilience in them yeah a lot more of like someone that's oh I'm a full-time actor and you look at their schedule it's like they're doing a couple this and a couple that but like obviously they're not making a full-time income from acting alone yeah but they have the financial backing otherwise maybe from support from their parents or maybe from being able to live with their parents like yeah a lot of the people I see they're in like my situation or your situation of like I support myself 100% and so I don't have sometimes I do have to turn down a role because I'm like I have to work that weekend or because I need money rather than and this is a free like I would love to do this project I would love to be part of this production but it's not paying me anything and I have bills to pay for unfortunately so it's like obviously there's different advantages between those people that do come into this industry with money versus that don't and I've actually had to do that before where I turned down a production because I needed get money (laughs) yeah exactly and it sucks because you don't know where those productions can lead yeah that could be the next could be networking and networking is like again so important in this industry oh yeah 100 percent. it's it's so it hurts so much every single time yeah but yeah sometimes that does happen so i kind of want to dig into your childhood a little bit so did you 
how, how like on the financial scale or like wealth level and stuff like when you were growing up was it like did you ever have to worry about bills or did you ever like were they pretty middle class or how did you how's your childhood I would say when I was real young we were probably like we, we were definitely middle class hmm. my entire life um, okay. I would say like lower middle class maybe I my parents did never talked to me a lot about money when I was a kid okay my mom kind of held a large burden and I really hope she doesn't listen to me <laughs> um, same yeah so she she got divorced from my dad when I was around eight years old hmm. because of financial reasons really my dad would tell her that he would make a certain amount of money and so we would get our clothes at Goodwill we would budget our groceries we would be living a lower middle class life mm. and then turns out later my mom told me that she found out he made a whole lot more money than that really and he was spending it on trips for himself and stuff like that and that was so it wasn't like a cheating thing it was more of just he just wanted to enjoy the money himself yeah but he wasn't telling right his he wasn't being transparent yeah. about what was going on and that's just what she told me again i don't know like much about true. that case but yeah so i grew up thinking that we were lower Pretty, middle class yeah. and that i had to get my clothes from goodwill and that i don't know if you ever go to kansas i lived in overland park it's like a la type vibe hmm. where everyone comes into school wearing pink clothes you have to have designer this really you have to, yeah it's it's like a it's the scottsdale of i would never think of that when i think of kansas yeah in overland park only okay. but it was very like i was kind of bullied based on my clothes and people really? would get silly bands and i couldn't get any and they would be like, well, you're not cool enough to get silly bands. And so yeah. <laughs> like, I, I would that. be begging my friends for like extra silly bands that they had of the same animal, <laughs> like stuff like that. Yeah. And then they'd be like, oh, it's like a charity case. Let's give her our second like elephant or something like that. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how I grew up. You know, okay. I wasn't like th that's just wasn't where their priorities were. The divorce hit both of them kind of hard financially as well. Mm. So yeah it was uh i've always seen myself middle class now a little bit my mom started doing really well for herself she's a brilliant businesswoman really smart really and she she does sales like crazy and so she is so good at her job now she travels as much as she wants lives in an amazing house in san diego wow. like She's doing really well for herself now. So it's, now it's nice because my mom and I go on vacations all the time together. That's awesome. Um, super fun to be around her. But yeah, that's now I feel a lot more comfortable with that whole side of it. Yeah. But growing up, it definitely was a, a barrier. So how do you think that kind of with all that stuff? Because there's a lot of stuff there that happened. Yeah. So with that, I guess that's a, there's a two-parter that I want to ask. One, how does that how do you think that shaped your vision or the way you look at things like trust and communication? And then two, how do you think that shaped your relationship with money? 
so let me just specify that when that all happened, I still wasn't worried about food and still wasn't worried. And I really believe that we should help anyone that is struggling with that stuff. That is yeah. like, you should be aware of any of that stuff that's going on. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't like, I don't want to be like, boo hoo, I couldn't get a silly fan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, for what went on with my parents, I don't know. I've just, again, I saw my dad work his job his entire life and mm -hmm. feel like he needs to save up all his money. And now he's older and he has a disability and he's unable to, to spend it on what he wants to do. And mm -hmm. he has all the saved up money and he can't do anything with it. And so I'm now in the mindset that I need to, to live while I'm young, you know? I know because you see that he did that before, and now he's not able to. So I, yeah, like maybe that kind of mirrored into you a little bit. Yeah, so it's good to kind of enjoy life while you. It's good to save. Yeah, obviously, it's good to to think about your financials and save aside for retirement and all of that right. type of stuff. But then there's also at a certain point where if you're on that Amazon cart and you look at a certain top and you're like, this would be a really cute and fun top. <laughs> Am I not gonna get it? The answer is no, you are gonna get it <laughs> because sometimes you gotta treat yourself. Yeah. And I think there's a good line there to kind of learn about not overspending but not underspending and trying to save up all your money and worry about that constantly. So what's your line of balance then between wanting to or being able to spend versus knowing that you have to save like do you have like a specific balance or like how do you kind of talk yourself into that balance of like no i'm not spending too much or okay i need to kind of dial it back a little bit so as an accountant i do budget every month <laughs> i like that i have percentages that go into investing percentages that go into savings but then I also have a percentage that goes into, this is your spending money for the month. Have fun with it. And so with that spending money, I can go to restaurants and be like, you know what? I'll treat myself to a little fancier of a meal today. Yeah. Or if you're going to the grocery store and I'm a huge kombucha drinker. <laughs> I love kombucha. I got into it like two years ago and now that's like my treat. Anytime I go to the store and I'm grocery shopping, that's my treat right? is getting a kombucha. So expensive though. Oh my God. It's like $3 a bottle and I'm like, yeah. Ugh. But you're like, you know what? Treat yourself. Yeah. Every time you go to the grocery store, grab a kombucha. Yeah. Because you can. Exactly. Yeah. It, it's kind of fun. Like those little things that would usually be a tedious task. Like for me, I hate grocery shopping with a passion really i hate shopping in general like even what no matter what it's shopping for just because i hate spending money on tangible things and especially grocery shopping it's one of those things i feel like there's just so many options and for me i don't personally like to cook a whole lot i can cook i just don't like doing it and so for me there's just too much of like oh there's like a million and one things that i could be getting here and i just I don't know what to get or anything, so I hate it. But that's yeah. like my little treat of like, you know what? I'm gonna get a little kombucha and it'll make things a little bit better. Like when I'm at the gym, I don't like the actual feeling of working out, mm -hmm. but my treat for that is now the sauna. I'm like, if I can get yeah. through this workout, I can go to the sauna for a little bit. And that's like my little treat. So it's like being able to treat yourself a little bit like that. That's actually an amazing thing for habits. They actually yeah. tell you if you ever wanna get a good habit, you have to kind treat of, yourself. Yeah, <laughs> give yourself like a little bit 
because there was um I was actually reading the psychology behind those habits and stuff yeah and a lot of it is even if like say when you have a trip coming up it's not even the trip ups itself that's going to give you the serotonin rush and endorphins and all that it's a thought of doing it and so if like today you're like oh, I'm gonna get ice cream you're gonna it's not even like your endorphin levels don't even spike when you're actually eating the ice cream yeah it's just progressively like the thought of it itself is a reward factor and I thought that was really interesting it's that's not even the actual reward itself that's rewarding it's the thought of the reward that's a rewarding factor so yeah that was like a little side tidbit of like psychology that I was learning I'm like oh cool so you can you can use that for building your own discipline and for building your own habits and stuff. Oh, yeah, for sure. So this might be a little bit of a personal thing, but I'm curious about kind of the more specifics into your finances. Because for me, like I said, I was in finance for a couple of years. And that is, I feel like finance plays so much more in people's lives than people give credit for. Like you said, your parents, that's one of the reasons why the stuff yeah. happened between them for me. Money was a huge driver for my entire life. It was literally like that was the relationship me and my mom had is you're only successful if you made money. Yeah. And even just changing my outlook on money itself has changed my entire life. Life. Yeah, it it, does. It's changed everything. The way I look at spending, the way I look at how I live my life, the way that I look at what work I do. It's like now I'm willing to take a shittier job if that means I'm happier versus getting more money. Yeah. Like, I technically make less than I did in finance now, but I live a better quality of life. And I'm like, yeah, on my taxes, I show I make probably ten, ten, twelve thousand dollars $12,000 less than I made as doing this in finance. But yeah. the quality of life I get to live is much higher. higher. And so, like, seeing that correlation. I, I'm a big history buff. And so I like to study a lot of different moments in history. Mm. And it's a human instinct that people are obsessed with money. Oh, 100%. It, it's just, it drives everything. I mean, that's the reason we have taxes in specific areas. The government literally uses taxes to incentivize people to do things. Oh, yeah. There was a tax, I forget where it was, but some king taxed their their subjects on if they had beards, right? And so then everyone <laughs> shaved their beards because they didn't want to spend the money and oh, pay the tax. Funny. So money drives the world. I oh, mean, yeah. It literally drives the world. So every human is obsessed with money because it shows this sort of comfortable life. And I think it's because it's also partially power. Oh, yeah. So like people who have a ton of money, they're more attractive. Like you can pay more money for creams. You can pay more money for plastic surgery. You can pay more money for better looking clothes. And so people tend to see them as more attractive. Yeah. And then also like you have more power like you can make people do things like the the things that billionaires can get away with oh i know (laughs) it's status and stuff like they can there's a reason why celebrities can get into certain clubs and stuff because like the status so it's not even just the money itself is everything the money gives you like if jeff jeff bezos were to go into an exclusive club that's already packed out and stuff i can guarantee you that let him in just because of who he is and because of the status because of his name and stuff um a really good funny tv show that kind of makes fun of billionaires if you ever want to watch it it's loot loot it's on apple tv it has uh maya maya rudolph is her name i believe okay she's a she's she was on snl she's really funny. okay yeah you, you gotta watch that but she makes fun of a lot of that type of stuff yeah 
and kind of their disassociation from society, which I think is very interesting. Yeah. But what, like, <laughs> I, I think people, the, the trick to money and the trick to happiness with money is finding the right balance, like we talked about earlier, but also, like, realizing that it doesn't have to rule your life. Yeah. That you don't have to be that really, really rich person who shows off everything. And like I said earlier, if you're going to into acting for money, like you're going into the wrong industry. Oh, 100%. You should go into business yeah. or entrepreneurship, start your own project. Like acting does not make me money. Even like the most famous people in the world, they spend so much on bodyguards and mm -hmm. cl clothes that they have to wear and keeping their image up and PR and all of these millions of other things that they end up with very little percentage at the end. Oh, yeah. And then they have to keep up this image that they're rich and then they go broke. Like that happened to Nick Cage a couple of years ago. And right. you've seen how many movies he's in. Right. Right. So it's just you have to understand that these people are Faking it? Yeah. They're trying to show this persona like they have all of this to show this confidence to make you like them. So why would you try to do that too? You know, like you could fake it too if you really yeah. wanted to. But some of the people who seem like the richest people in the world are actually the poorest. Oh, 100%. 100%. So you just, you have to realize that that's happening. Like people are faking it yeah. and just be content with what do you really want money for? That was that was a big thing that I kind of had to realize because I was like, yeah, I, I made like a goal of mine to make X amount of money by this age. And that is still kind of a goal, but that's also just based off my childhood. Yeah. Based off the fact that I didn't have any money growing up. And I've seen what it looks like to be homeless. Yeah. To not, to be eating out of food kitchens and to doing all that and for me that was the most embarrassing and just awful and feeling embarrassing ever. that's the thing yeah. it's like every time most of these times people are like it's embarrassing to be poor but it, it shouldn't because yeah. it's like you need the help take it and we we should be here we shouldn't be like ostracizing people because they are poor yeah you know what i'm saying we should be like helping them and welcoming them welcoming them with open arms yeah and we shouldn't even care about social statuses it, it i don't even know if it was like i didn't even think of it as super embarrassing because nobody else knew what was going on other than like my closest friends yeah but it was but you more, tried to hide it from them right i mean yes and no i mean i didn't specifically try to hide it from them but it was definitely more of a internal factor of like this is not how you support a family yeah this is not how i want to support a family and so that made a huge outlook on money for me with like if i can make enough money to where i don't have to worry about bills i don't have to worry about where my next meal is coming from i can do fun things then i'll be happy and so that kind of made a different outlook of where all i cared about was making money and that ruined relationships for me mm -hmm. and then i got a bunch of money when i was younger I blew through it completely and now I look back and I've kind of sat back and I'm like okay if I were to do something like win the lottery today what would I even do with it yeah and I feel like that's a lot of people if you don't have a plan 
for what you're going to do with it, you're going to burn out. You're going to have bad shit happen. I've literally sat down and in my journal, I'm like, okay, if I were to get a deposit of a million dollars, like where would I put it? What would I do? Because I wouldn't want it to change my life. I wouldn't want it to change my ability to connect with people. I, I want to be like one of those people that they have a lot of money, but it doesn't change anything about them. It's just having extra ability for opportunity yeah. or to help people. Because for me, I've changed it from I want to have a lot of money to where it's I'd rather have that money to be able to give back to others. And yeah, and like because that's beautiful. That it, it's it's more of also a thing of that's why I feel like a lot of super wealthy people are depressed and stuff because they take it and they use it for themselves. They hoard it. They think it's this thing that they need to hoard and not give back. When in reality, they, think they need to buy huge houses yeah. and fancy cars. Well, and that's. Um, so like being a being a man of faith as well part mm -hmm. of that is that money is not yours that no. money is not it's something that God gave you and it, that kind of makes me think of a different thing of like okay you're a manager of this money this is not your money this is money that's been given to you to manage how would you manage it if it's not your money would you go and spend it on going out to eat 20 million times a week would you go and spend it on the most stupid things ever or would you try to build it up? Would you try to give back like, hey, um, we can give this money back to this person or this person could use a little extra money. This yeah. person could use a little extra help or this charity. I found out about it and they are amazing. I want to help them as much as possible. I've yeah. seen the CEO. I've seen the way they operate. I've known this person or I have a friend that starting new business. They needed somebody to buy some stuff for them for PR purposes like Having a purpose for the money or a plan for the money, I feel like is something that people need to start doing a lot more of instead of just wanting the money. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. You do. Um, there was a study that came out a couple years ago that said all you really need money-wise to be happy on average was $80,000 a year, which is a lot, I feel like that <laughs> by the way. depends on where you're living. It depends on where you That's why I said on average. Yes. Because like in Kansas, it's probably like 50000 or 60000 But for here, it's cost probably of closer a lot to almost double that. Exactly. And it's because the cost of living is going exactly, up so much. Yeah. And cost of living in Kansas is also going up. So I don't even know if that number, yeah. I just came off at the top of my head. But um, I feel like when we help out others and like you said give give to charities and help out others we should help them get to that point where they're at a good spot and then like we could also be good at that same spot like why do we need over yeah that amount you know why does some ceo for a big company need over that amount yeah like if that's all you what at that point they're just spending it on cars and houses and like to take care of your family and to yeah. take care of everyone like you just need a specific amount and you just need to know that amount in your head right and not let it get to you feeling like you need gucci belts and purses yeah so with that being said then what do you think to live the life that you really want to live from now until you're 70 years old what do you think a good average income for you that you could comfortably live off of would be? See, I can't pick a number because there is inflation, right? Yeah, that's true. And we don't know how fast inflation is going to be. We don't know what's going to happen in the next AI. Is <laughs> that's true. It's going to change everything for sure. Like I could lose my job with AI. We could all acting could just be completely obsolete with AI. That's true. Uh, 
so who knows but okay so i guess i'll rephrase for the next five years the next five years i'm going to answer it more on like what would i like to have yeah like lifestyle tangible things obviously i'm in the film industry i'm a producer so a lot of the money that i do have that i I doesn't go into charitable contributions because i do that as well but um it goes into producing Hmm. films so I do need a portion of money to produce art, which does add a bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, then you get that from donations and stuff like that. And then I would say a place to live. Doesn't have to be large. I could literally live. Well, I could live in a studio. My <laughs> boyfriend has his own office where he runs his own company as well and he needs his own room for his office so we would have to at least have like a two-bedroom place but it could be super super small I'd be happy with that I always love tiny house living yeah um and yeah enough money to buy food when I want whenever I want um natural food that doesn't have antibiotics and stuff like that that would be great and get an extra kombucha every time i go to the store <laughs> that's that's all the that's what i need and anything that would kind of settle that lifestyle and i think that's what we need to start thinking is like what lifestyle yeah do you want to live or what st- lifestyle is actually sustainable to live yeah not do you want to live because obviously like it would be nice to fly first class across the world, but do you need it? Yeah. So that sounds like it would probably need at least 80 to 130 a year. Depends on where you are. Yeah. Depending, obviously, where you are, that does change the fact a little bit. But just based off of those lifestyle things, that sounds to me about 80 to 130 a year. Yeah. Which is why it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so getting a little bit more personal then... I'm guessing you don't make that right now. No. So if you don't mind me asking, what what is your salary right now? I don't think I should say that. No? Okay, (laughs) that's fine. Um, Just because there's a stigma about salaries, and I don't know if my company would be comfortable with me saying it on a podcast. No, you're fine. Um, So then as far as, like, spending goes... Is your bills or whatever? Because I know that there's like a ratio, usually of 50, 30, 20. There's different ratios like that. How much of your income then goes to like bills and stuff? Is it like just like half of it? Or do you spend probably like closer to almost all of it on like living stuff? So I would say about 60% goes towards bills, uh, mortgage, Stuff like that. Oh, more. Oh, you Mortgage. own a house. Yeah, I, I own a small condo. Oh wow. Okay. It's very old, very run down. The air conditioner is about to break. Trying to save <laughs> up, for that, which uh, it's about to break in the summer. It's gonna is be this real something fun. that like you solely pay everything for, or is this like? My mom is amazing. So right before, like right when the pandemic started, you know how all the house prices yeah. went down to zero, like very low. Yeah. I had enough money to buy one but I was in a competitive market where multiple people were trying to buy it so my mom bought it with cash and then sold it to me for the same amount of money so that she was able to like get it okay but 
So I still paid for it and I still right. bought it with my own money, but she, I'm very, very blessed to have a mother like her. And I know many people are not nearly that blessed yeah. and that, you know, it's very sad. I mean, yeah. So I am, I'm very blessed and I recognize that privilege. Um, but yeah, so she did buy that cash and then sold it to me for the same amount of of money yeah and for any processing fees that she had as well right. for going through it all so i paid for it there are a lot of and people don't realize this there's a lot of things for first-time home buyers where you put barely any money down mm. it's not great for the mortgage that's over 30 years yeah but with how high rent is now rent is so much more expensive than mortgage for houses but now interests rates have gone up majorly so right. thank god i got into the industry when i did yeah i was gonna say that that was a huge thing because during the pandemic rates were so low so if you were able to get a house especially for cheap you're golden child yeah and granted the house has had many issues and i ended up putting way more money into it than i thought i would yeah. going into my emergency savings to fix some things but yeah um it's I, I'm very blessed to be able to get it at the time that I got it. I would not be able to do that now. And yeah, it is a lot cheaper than rent, which yeah, is nice. 100%. So I know that you – so you're moving to L.A. in January. Mm -hmm. Is your boyfriend going with you? Yeah, he is. He's kind of uh, – he, he, I don't think it's his favorite. Yeah. He does love the beach, and he loves being outdoors. He's a very outdoorsy person. So – Is he, like, uprooting his whole life for this, or is he able to transfer most of his life over to doing something like this? So he runs his own business. It's called okay. Coulter Backcountry. He sells backcountry fly fishing gear. Hmm. He's very outdoorsy. He does, like – hikes across the u.s stuff like oh, wow. that okay um and he he's just transferring his company so you can do your company anywhere yeah but he does work other jobs which he will not be able to work when we transfer which are kind of sad and he, he's trying to figure out what to do because you can't just own your own company and then make right. a full-time salary off of it so he is kind of uprooting and i feel bad about it. <laughs> is he doing this mostly for you or is this something for both of you? He's doing this for me. Um, but we have a deal that I'm going to be in LA for three years and then I'm going to hopefully keep a place in LA hmm. and pretty much live there. But then we'll have a house somewhere else. That's okay. what we're hoping so that he can be outdoorsy and do all that stuff. Um, so we'll see how that works out. <laughs> how long have you guys been together? Four and a half years now. Okay, so this isn't then just like one of those, like, oh, we just started dating and now we're just making no. this. Like, so it's been a little bit then yeah. that you guys, so I'm, I'm guessing you guys had like a good conversation about this and yeah. like, hey, I want to go to LA. I feel like there's going to be a lot of good opportunity. Was there... Originally, when you guys talked about it, was there a lot of backlash, or was it like, "Oh yeah, I'm 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 up for"? I mean, what he's life. amazing, so he he definitely was very open about understanding that this is like there's only certain number of places where you can act right in right. the world, and 
I was like, well, New York or L.A. (laughs) (laughs) And he was like, I would die in New York with the buildings and everything. So L.A. it is. We're going to live where he wants to live. He wants to live like up in the mountains in Pasadena or somewhere by the beach. So we're going to be taking that as a priority if we can find housing is the question (laughs) that's cheap enough with um, rooms. It's definitely a a problem, but you know, I told him he gets uh, the pick on where we go next. So I could end up in like Montana or something. (laughs) Yeah. And you guys are mid twenties? Yeah. Mid twenties. Okay. So this is then, okay. So you guys are kind of just a little bit kind of just going off the fly for him. Is his life growing up kind of similar to yours then? Like growing up kind of middle class and doing that? Yeah, I I would say he was like, so what surprised me when I met him, he also grew up in Kansas. Really? Technically he grew up in Missouri because he grew up on the Missouri side of Kansas City. Oh, okay. And that's like a very nice area. And it just surprises me every single time I hear about his family how healthy they are really like as a family it's like the most healthy family dynamic like everyone loves each other they love spending time <laughs> with each other and and it it shocks because i i know many people and every single person i've ever met in my entire life has some sort of backstory where it's like like you know financial issues sometimes for yeah. my family or a divorce divert can't even talk right now <laughs> uh divorce divorce and stuff like that there's always something yeah yet his family is just like amazing people super smart like super smart people and super driven very open very nice like they they do all of the they give to charity a lot Mm. they just Literally, the so they're nicest like picture, people. They're, they're yeah. like a picture perfect family you would find in like a Walmart picture frame. Literally. <laughs> so yeah, it just surprises me every single time. <laughs> and do you think that reflects a lot in his personality? Then yeah, he is. When I met him, he's like literally one of the nicest guys. I, I when I met him, I kind of hated men. So, you go to college. Yeah, you're very demeaned I don't know if that's the right word demoted <laughs> yeah in people's eyes if you don't have blonde hair and right. blue eyes and big boobs you can't get right. guys and, right. and it's like you start thinking badly about yourself and you start thinking badly about your personality and you start like I need to change in every possible way and all this other stuff yeah and guys suck and guys do a lot of things that are very very bad to women oh 100 percent, yeah 100 yeah. i will vouch for that 100 percent. not only physically but also like mentally yeah and it's kind of a toxic environment on that side yeah and then i meet him and it's like he's completely oblivious what made you decide <laughs> to put give a chance to him though like because you were in this kind of like men hating mode and i feel like a lot of women that are in that yeah i don't know how a certain guy's able to crack the shell a little bit to be able to go in and show them that not all men are these asshole yeah a- assholic pigs if that's a word or because i i've i've gone through the same thing like for me there was definitely a period of time to where like i didn't hate women but the like there's always those cycles of like that first girl or guy is in a toxic relationship with their family so they 
bring it into their relationship and they play this guy and then he ends up and this yeah. is like a thing and that's what happened to me I, I've, I've been played I've been all over the spectrum and so like I've been through a, a period of time where I'm like no fuck girls like yeah. they all they want to do is play with your heart they don't actually want to love you they just want your wallet or they just want this but obviously there is like that one person that can kind of get to see through so what was it about him that you were able to kind of see through this assholery and take a chance on him. So when I first met him, I was drunk. <laughs> okay. He was also very drunk. Um, I had just gotten back from a date dash, which I was on a date with a another guy. Date? What's a date dash? It's kind of like I was in a sorority, so it's kind of like a sorority's version of a homecoming or something oh, like that. Oh, okay. Okay. And so I was on a date with another guy, and we were – it went badly. This guy was <laughs> very toxic, yeah. Most as most guys – well, as every single guy I had met at the university right. was up to that point. Uh, most guys, I wouldn't say everyone. But he – and then I started – I went to a party with my friends – and my friends, one of them liked this one guy and was flirting with him, but then was like, you need to distract his friend. <laughs> and so I started oh distracting the friend. And what was your distraction method? I walked up to him and I was like, he was obviously doing ox for the party. Yeah. And this was the first time at a frat party I had heard like classic rock, oh, like a big classic <laughs> rock fan, awesome. right? I so I was like, oh, are you doing Ox for the Party? Like, oh, I love this song. I'm a big talker, if yeah. you can't tell. <laughs> I mean, it works perfect for this, so. Yeah, so I just started talking to him, and then we realized we're both from Kansas. We realized we're, we both love to read. Mm. We both love to listen to things and uh, be educated and mm. learn about the world around us and be open-minded and all of that stuff and um, listen to classic rock. And so I think it was it was actually like a love at first sight situation. And it was one of those things where I had literally gone into that, like I am never gonna love anyone until I'm 27. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna try to date again until I'm like 27 or 28. Yeah. And then I meet him like. It's so it's weird just so how weird. that kind of shit works to yeah. where it's like, at that point where you're telling yourself like no i i'm not gonna try to find a guy or a girl i'm not going to try to find a partner i'm not going to worry about dating is when you finally find someone like yeah i that that's pretty much what happened to me too with my girlfriend yeah. and it's very interesting when those kinds of things happen so what drew you into him the most like what is top qualities that like he has that you haven't seen any other, any other guy have. He just, he's such a genuine person. Hmm. And you can tell he really cares about everyone. And it's just something so beautiful. He's also so interested in everything. And I think hmm. that's definitely something that drives humans to other humans. Yeah. I hated in middle school. I feel like everyone was like, oh, I'm just not interested in anything. <laughs> like to be popular, you like have to not yeah. like anything. Yeah. And I love people that are like crazy like batshit crazy about something. Yeah. I'm like, you do it. Yeah. If you are so passionate about something, you should be batshit crazy about oh, that. You should absolutely. be able to talk about it for five hours. And sure, like his interests are different from mine. Yeah. I mean, they're, they are. That's good though. But we were kind of like a yin and yang in that way. Yeah. And I just love how he's so 
interested in things. He's interested in learning. He's interested in, like I said, being open-minded right. and, and learning about different things and different people and different experiences that they've had. And it just helps you grow as a person. And so even though we're so different in our likes, we we grow together. That was one of the weirdest things, especially within the last couple of years, that I've had with relationships with women. Yeah. Is a lot of times when you talk to them, they're like, oh, I want a guy that's passionate about their work and that's provider and that's doing all this kind of stuff. But when you actually are that person, they don't want you. Yeah. It, and I don't know if it's just the kind of people I was talking to, but the amount of women that I had to go on dates with or talk to or whatever. And then the second I was like, look, I am absolutely 100% dedicated to what I do. Yeah. I'm dedicated. Like, I thought I was saying the magic words of like, I'm dedicated to my career. I'm motivated. I'm driven. I do all this, and for me, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get, excuse my language, I'm gonna get more pussy than anybody because I'm saying all the right words and stuff. And literally, it drove every single one of them away. Yeah. And for me, I'm like, what do these women want then? Like, they don't want a guy that's driven, it seems. They don't want a guy that's Everyone motivated. Everyone wants something different, yeah, you know? It, and it, I've always been interested in, no offense, but really nerdy guys because yeah. they are so interested in, in what they're interested in. Like, I feel like the women want the aftermath. Like, yeah. Like, not women, like, just not, like, I'm not trying to generalize women, but, like, average women or, like, the women I'm talking about, I feel like a lot of them, they want the aftermath of what the motivation, drive, and perseverance gets you. They don't want to see the beginning stages of it like oh I'm developing this or I'm becoming an actor I'm making a podcast I'm in the middle of doing this because is it 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 can be a disgusting life like mm -hmm. I am so thankful I have a girlfriend that understands that my life is a lot of work right now yeah because I have a specific life I want to have later on in life so right now it's like I mean, we can have date night once or twice a night, and we can hang out, but a lot of it is going to be saving money eating in, or a yeah. lot of it is going to be doing this because I am working that much harder for this career. And it's, I feel like it's that, it is that difficult to try to find somebody that does understand that, that does be like, you know what, I see your drive, I see your motivation, I want to actually be with you through the journey rather than, I want to see the fruits of your labor. Yeah. I want to see the kind of guy that you become. I want to see this, but after you've already become it. So, And I know it's kind of cheesy for me to say this, but I think that there is soulmates for everyone. Yeah. And sometimes it's the right person, wrong time. Sometimes, you know, you never know. But I feel like there is someone out there that would like everyone for who they are. Yeah, 100%. It just takes some people forever. Yeah. It really does. It could take you a whole, a whole entire lifetime or you could not be ready for it when it's supposed to come for you. Yeah. But, and, and there could be multiple people, you know, mm -hmm. but I think there, it's less of like people try to find connections based on their similar likes. And I think it's more similar thoughts that yeah. you should be with someone. Like if you're on the same wavelength of energy and of, thoughts like I the reason my boyfriend and I work so well is because he's driving towards his company right saving up money doing all that stuff I'm driving towards my company saving up money and doing all that stuff so it's like we're both in the same wavelength where we're both driving towards might something, be different journeys but different you guys are journeys, still but we're still doing yeah. 
we're still both there right driving for something and pursuing what we really want to do so how do you guys like kind of like motivate each other because obviously especially in entrepreneurial paths or something that whole motivation staying motivation that's all bullshit yeah. motivation is bullshit i'm sorry but like anybody who's like oh you just got to be motivated motivated is the most bullshit emotion you can feel because it's discipline that people need to understand is the fact of in these kinds of journeys it is 100% being able to do something when you don't want to do it mm-hmm. and so how obviously he's not here so it's hard to ask him but from what you see like your journey on making this company or his journey on his entrepreneurial stuff obviously there's been days that you guys really don't want to do something yeah especially if it's for the company if yeah like because companies that's not just a fun thing there's going to be bad and good parts about starting your own company or being an entrepreneur or even being a creative yeah like there's definitely times i don't want to go to class but i do it anyway there's definitely times i don't want to read a script or there's definitely times that i'm like I really don't want to do rehearsal today. I'd yeah. rather go and hang out and watch a movie than go to rehearsal. So what is your guys's ways to kind of power through that? Well, I've always been an extremely driven person. And sometimes that scares a lot of people because yeah. I am a very like, I wouldn't say type A, but like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get there. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to do whatever I need to to get there and do it. Um, and I've been like that since a kid. Like my parents would always be like, you you are the most determined person we've Who ever met. Who do you met. think you learned that from? I don't, I, I don't know. I think some things are nature versus nurture. Like mm. I think the reason that I've always wanted to act and perform is part of nature. And I think the reason I've always been driven is a part of nature. Like I think I was honestly meant to act mm. and meant to be in this industry and meant to be doing this. Right. And that's part of what drives me to continue going. I, my boyfriend's also very driven. Yeah. In his own way. We're both, well, I would say he's a big runner. And I think running also Ooh. helps a lot with it. I hate running. Exactly. Running is interesting. I think it's fun up to six miles. Anything past <laughs> that, everyone is lying to you. It is not fun. It is boring anymore. Okay. <laughs> but up to six miles can be fun like when yeah. you are really healthy and getting into it but every single time before you run no matter how healthy you are no matter how long you've run you are going to go through moments in that run even before you start the run where you're like i really don't want to do this yeah i really don't want to do this today you'll be one mile in i really don't want to do this and you have to keep pushing yourself through and that's why i think runners are extremely determined driven people because Mm -hmm. they push themselves every single day to be like, I'm going to go farther. I'm going to go farther. I'm going to go farther. I'm going to keep doing this. I'm not going to stop today. Right. And my boyfriend's, he, he's insane. He's literally training for an Ironman right now. Like that's an Ironman. Oh my God. Like again, he hiked across the U S he's an insane person. I, and he's extremely driven. I'm extremely driven. And I think that's part of what it is. It's like, who we are as people just built us up to be as we are. So I think there is a little bit of nature in everyone that makes them like meant to do something or meant to feel something. Well, you said that your mom created like her own business and stuff, right? She didn't create her own business. She worked really hard in business to build her way up. And now she like works sales and she's super good. Do you think you might've learned some of the discipline then from her? I think I might have inherited some of the discipline okay. from her. Because that was I one of definitely learned. She's she's a very 
yeah, yeah. I could have learned possibly from her. My other siblings, some of them are driven and yeah. determined as well and very intelligent as well. But they, uh, but I've always had some sort of determination and drive to me where when I said I did, I'm going to do something, I do it. And my parents always said that I had that. And I think that is a part of just who I am as a person. And you don't know kind of what sparked that or where that kind of stemmed from? No. I think mm. it's it's nature. <laughs> it's just something that's naturally just instilled in you. Like why as a kid did I wake up every day just wanting to like sing or dance or True. act, you know? Yeah. That's not something that I was taught as a kid. I just wanted to have a boa around my neck and yeah. you know, and it's just who you are. What kind of thoughts go through your head when you do hit those speed bumps of like I really don't want to do this right now but you know you have to like what kind of thought processes or what kind of goes through your head that gets you to actually do it instead of just giving into the instant gratification of you know what instead of cleaning my house today I'm just gonna take a nap or instead of doing this I'm just gonna do this so I am bad about the cleaning my house thing <laughs> so there are like I said, it's it's not you're more motivated to do something when you like it, right? And it's something that you want to do. So when it's something acting wise, what motivates me to do it is I'm like, I was meant to do this. Mm -hmm. I truly believe that. Um, I, I've always been driven to it, no matter how many times the world has tried to push me away from it. Yeah. I've always been pulled towards it, and. I, I just need to do it. I just need to suck her down and do it. And also part of it is like, you have to think it's fun. Yeah. You have to think it's fun. And a lot of people hit this point in the industry where they're just like, I'm not getting any jobs. Why do I have to do another self tape? And mm. the moment you start thinking like that, it's over. Like, why do I have to do this instead yeah. of, so yeah, I feel like a lot uh, instead of, of it of I get to yeah, do this. Yeah. Instead of I get like a lot of it's how you talk to yourself about yeah. it. Like, I remember I, I know especially like with the cleaning stuff that can be really hard for me but it's a momentum thing like even this morning I didn't want to clean it or anything but yeah. like after you do something simple like making your bed and then oh there's a piece of trash on my desk okay and then you kind of build a momentum like oh you get the ball rolling and then okay I can clean this yeah I can do that a lot of it I feel like is just momentum a lot of it I feel like is just start with a small task and then build up to a bigger task but everyone's different. Some people are like, no, I need to tackle the biggest thing first and then get the smallest thing. So yeah. I feel like it's definitely something you kind of have to learn about yourself, learn how the momentum builds in you. For me, I'm a momentum person. Like if I, especially with acting, if I go to class, I'm fired up for the rest of the evening to do anything acting so I can go home and be like, oh, I'll oh, bust yeah. out like six self-tapes and be good. Or other way around, like if, I'm, if I've been focusing that entire day on acting and I've been hitting the mark every time I've been getting the lines right I have everything good I go to acting class and I'm like I have this in the bag easily so I feel like a lot of it is just building up momentum but I don't know I feel like a lot of people also don't give themselves the human break a lot of them there's that grind set mentality there's all that they just don't sometimes you do have to give in a little bit sometimes it's like oh I've been going seven days a week training eight days or eight hours a day it's like Give yourself a rest day. It is. Yeah, you have to give yourself, well, but I'm very bad about giving myself rest days. I am too, <laughs> but I, I realized lately a lot of it is learning how to give yourself a rest day yeah. instead of like 
some people's rest day obviously can be different, but it's learning how to actually give yourself rest. For me, I've learned that sitting on my phone for three hours isn't actually rest. Oh, no. Versus, okay, well, I can do some meditation, maybe to go take a yoga class, go to the gym, hit the sauna for a little bit, and I actually feel refreshed. Mm-hmm. So it's avoiding that instant gratification of like, you know, I just want to scroll through TikTok for an hour and a half versus like, I'm going to do some um, non-sleep deep rest for a little bit do some meditation which is the best yeah I, the second I found out about that it changed my life but it's like kind of learning like okay what would actually give my body a rest that mm-hmm. it needs versus what do I kind of feel like just doing so a lot of it is just really getting to know because it's not a black and white thing for everybody yeah and I feel like that's what a lot of people miss like those self-care reset days are so important to have a little spa day for yourself or Go out with your friends to brunch and make it like a challenge, like not a single phone at this table. We're all just going to talk, catch up a little bit, do that, go on a random adventure, go on a random hike or something. Like a lot of it is just finding those ways to actually reset yourself instead of just, I just don't want to get up, so I'm just going to sleep. Yeah. Getting out into nature helps a lot. Yeah. Um, Hiking helps a lot. Meditation is amazing. Yeah. I am weird. So I obviously work like a nine to five, mm-hmm. five days a week. But after that, I do all my acting stuff for some reason. Acting, well, not for some reason, because I love it, because yeah. it, it, it's what I do. It's what I enjoy doing. It energizes me. Hmm. So that's kind of my rest. Is that weird? <laughs> no, I mean. Like writing is my, my rest time. Writing, producing, being on set with people, talking to people. Like, that's what I, like, this right now is my my rest time. And you can talk to my coworkers. They think I'm crazy. They're like, do you ever take a day off? And I'm like, no, I never do. Well, I mean, that, that it depends on your definition of a day off, too. Because for me, I'm working all day today, but it's technically a day off because I don't have to do my day job. Yeah. I don't have to do, like, most of the stuff I'm doing today, I love doing. And, yes, it yeah. does take energy. It does take discipline like yeah I did want to stay in bed this morning but I was like I have to get up and I have to do this but then an Once hour or two there, after you get up you're like oh I'm awake now I yeah. don't need to go back to sleep and so I don't know I I also have that productivity mindset to where I need to be productive if I'm not yeah. productive it's I get a bad de- day I'm depressed right I'm the same way it's I, like I if I'm not do doing something, something I will I'll, I'll be depressed like yeah. if I sit on a couch and just straight up yeah relax like be on my phone I'll be like what did I just waste my entire day doing that also doesn't mean I have to be working necessarily yeah for me that could be being productive would be hanging out with friends for a little bit getting a little bit of socialization Mm -hmm. in or going on a a hike yeah working out doing meditation doing yoga for me being productive just means not just being lazy not just laying like yeah I can have I can give myself a couple hours like you know I'm gonna give myself an hour scroll through TikTok scroll through Instagram do this I can give myself those periods of time but those days where I just stay in bed like I've had days where like I wake up and I've I go back to sleep multiple times wake up at three o'clock realize I've just been on TikTok that wasn't a day off for me that was just feeling like a piece of shit when I wake up oh yeah I haven't done anything you feel like you wasted your entire day away and you're like super depressed about it no like my friends are like 
do you ever take a day off? You should not go to hot yoga on Sunday morning. But I'm like, that's how that, I, that's, that's how you that's reset. my that's my relaxation day. If I'm on vacation, I want to work out. Yeah, like that's part of my relaxation. Yeah. It's like going to a hot or going to like do yoga somewhere. Like I have to work out every vacation because it's part of my fun. Going on yeah. a run at a new place is like the most amazing thing. If you're in some new city, it's just so much fun exactly. to go on a run. Yeah. Like, I feel like people just kind of get mixed up. Like, how is this relaxing to you? Or how does this, like, a break for you? And it's like, well, it's because a break from what I usually do that I don't like as much. Mm -hmm. Like, for some people, acting is the job. So they need a break from acting. For other people like you, acting is the break. So yeah. it's like, I get to not focus on numbers and accounting for a little while. I get to focus on something fun and creative. And that creative outlet is their way to be able to reset, decompress a little bit. I yep. mean... For me, there's a lot of different things. And it's sometimes not even the same thing. Sometimes it could be acting one day. Other times it's being active. Other times it's doing this. Like it's um, just really getting to know yourself and getting to know like what would be a good reset today? What would be a good way to be productive but yet give myself a little bit of a break? Yeah. So I think a lot of it is just getting to know yourself. It is. Yeah. It's getting to know yourself because some people do need veg out time. Yeah. And they they should take that veg out time if they need it. Yeah. Um, it's just not who I am. Yeah. It's never been who no, I, I am. I feel that. I feel that 100%. I feel like there's still so much I want to ask you and so much I want to talk to you about, but um, I do try to keep it around like an hour-ish. Um, yeah, we went over time. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But, I mean, I, I like it when it kind of naturally goes over a little bit. Um, but, Aaron, I appreciate you coming on the show um, I know we kind of definitely hit a little bit of soft points and stuff and some, for some people it does get a little bit uncomfortable but that's something that I like to embrace a lot is yeah. getting uncomfortable especially in conversations because that brings out a lot more of truthfulness and humanity rather than just hitting surface level stuff so I, I appreciate a lot of it and you didn't really I feel like I didn't give you a whole lot of forewarning on. By the way, we're going, we're getting pretty down and dirty yeah, today. Yeah, we're going so. into all of it. Yeah, so I appreciate you kind um, of. Sorry, mom and dad. I mean, you're being you. You didn't yeah. say anything bad about them, so that's okay. But yeah, sorry, mom and dad. <laughs> but we'll definitely have to do this again at some point soon. I'm, I'm yes. excited to see definitely before you leave to LA because I wanna kind of go over more stuff but even after LA I'd love to like meet up and see how things are going because that's still like a dream of mine to go to LA yeah so. and you should do it if it's a dream yeah I, I tell everyone if you're dreaming about something if you want to do it just do it yeah just say just, fuck it yeah because you'll never know yeah. unless you do it we should also do a double date yes I'm down because we love doing new things exploring and yeah like sometimes we like to go out to like clubs or something but for the most part it's just experiencing new stuff because we're both in Flagstaff oh and really so there's a lot of stuff in Phoenix still that we haven't done at all yeah and there's so much to do here so we should definitely figure out a day to do something like that if you have any good restaurant recommendations or yeah we could absolutely. Go, go hiking or something absolutely yeah. All right, well, um, I'm going to let you do your little outro that I told you about beforehand. All right. Hello, my name is Erin Zipsy, and I just got unmasked. Awesome. I, it, it doesn't ever get old. <laughs> I don't care who, I, who does it. It doesn't ever get old. But <laughs> I appreciate it again, and we will see you next time. Thank you. Of course.